Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. We have two girls, Atamba and Kunde. And uh, I have an awesome team uh, where we try to help people every day uh, get out of pain. They come crying to us and they live happy. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so uh, I started God Clinic uh, seven years ago. In November, we make eight years. What? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And before that, I was working for another dental practice in oh. town for five years. Wow. Yes. You, you, so, did, you did your understanding, sort of. Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Okay. Yeah. So, but before the five years of working there, oh, how did I get into dentistry? Yes. When I was a child, I really used to go to a dentist a lot because my upper teeth were always paining. And they couldn't find what was wrong with my teeth. Mm. But I liked the way he handled people. <laughs> So I said, you know what? Since I want to do the sciences, I think I have very few options. Mm -hmm. I'll either do uh, medicine or pharmacy or dentistry or teaching. And I thought teaching was a punishment for failing. <laughs> that is because, <laughs> because you're not, clearly, you're probably not a teacher. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a teacher because they did show a good picture of, um... of success and what was like. If you fail, they put you in there oh, no. to go and teach the subject that you are trying. So I said, I'll concentrate on dentistry because I don't have to work at night. Ah. <laughs> and then there's this cool dentist who always checks my teeth. He never causes me pain. I think I want to do the same thing. So eventually he found out that I had a problem with my sinuses, which Imagine. are just spaces above the teeth, yeah. and sent me to the right doctor. And so that kind of uh, pushed me into that line. Because we didn't have many choices. Uh, if we had so many choices, I don't think I would have ended up there. But wow. once I got there, I loved it. Mm -hmm. And that's how uh, I ended up uh, uh, pursuing dentistry. Pursuing de dentistry. Mm. And then someone headhunted me after my... Uh, University? Yeah, after wow. my internship. Just came and said, I'm looking for a dentist. Would you like... I didn't... Then I was not decided whether I wanted to continue with the course, with mm. dentistry. <laughs> so he gave me a chance to practice, and I loved it. Um, because I was able to practice all the things I'd done as theory at the mm. university. Yeah. And so I built more confidence to the point where I had over, because I wrote down over 300 people who are looking for me wow. to treat them. <laughs> at 300 at, clients. <laughs> at the previous place where I used to work. So with that confidence, I said, I think I should go and start something. Um, at the same time, I treated a friend of my father. He hadn't been referred by my father. And my father said, Steve, I think you're a good dentist because if you could please that man, then you can treat anyone. Why? Was he, was he difficult? It was very difficult. <laughs> so that boosted my confidence. At the same time, I did a course with five other practice owners. I was the only one who wasn't a practice owner. Mm. So I had been involved in organizing a course 
where there was a, an, uh, an expert coming in to teach uh, that subject. And he said, Dr. Steve, you must attend my course. Because the first time I was in Kampala, you're the one who picked me from the airport. I was just coming to give. Mm. So you must attend this. He forced me to make sure his course was $4,000. But he said, you must, for you, you're going to pay $3,000. Find it, attend this course. Wow. So I did find How long money. ago was that? That's 10 years ago. 10 years ago, you paid $3,000. Yes. How long was the course? It was a one-week course. Are you hearing? Uh, people here in the studio are laughing like, what? $3,000, one-week course. But right there, what I'm hearing already is invest there's opportunity, right? Pick someone at the airport. You're serving. You're doing ABCD. In your serving, you sort of started to discover uh, something that you could do. But paying three, even, 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 even those many years ago, that was a lot of money. That was a lot of money. My grandmother had given me a cow. I sold it. Oh, eh? Lord. <laughs> you sold so, a cow. Why? Yes. Why would you make such a decision? Because I felt that that knowledge was going to push me to another level. Uh, this guy had, the first time he had come to Kampala, he was just giving us like an introduction to that subject, mm. updates in our field of practice. And all we had was just theory. So I wanted to do the practical bit. Yes. And he said, if you can pay this much, I'll sit down a week and teach you how to do this. A week. And you'll be able to offer services that people usually leave the country to, to go and go get, and get yes. somewhere else. So because of his nudging, I said, I must do it. You sold I, your cow. I sold my cow. <laughs> I got a loan. I, I was wow. so, until I raised the $3,000. And then because I was organizing these practice owners, they became my friends. Mm. I'm one who was always telling them, uh, the doctor has sent this, let's do this, let's do that. So in their conversation, it was so different from the conversation I knew as an With employee. With your peers and employees, yeah. yes. So I felt this urge to, to be like them. Mm, be in this company, join. <laughs> yes. And so, uh, with all this boost of confidence from, my, from people saying, you can do it, there was another uncle who was saying, you know what, people come to me at 60 and they want to start a business. You better start early. Mm. I said, anyway, I'm going to end up in business, so I better start early. So I jumped. You started. And started. So, so then did you always want to get in, in business? Because from what I'm hearing, it's sort of, you sort of, you got into it. Did you always know that you were going to start business or get into practice? Was it something that you, because I'm sure there's someone watching who's like, maybe... I wasn't born a business person. Are some people born that way? Did you always know? No, honestly, I was very, very confused. Yeah. <laughs> because um, my dream then was I wanted to be what they call a clinical academic. What the other, is that? The opportunity, I got an, at the same time, when I finished school, apart from being headhunted, I was called back to teach. The thing the which you were scared of. Yes. <laughs> So I became a teacher and I loved it because mm. uh, you get to update your knowledge all the time. Mm. You're reading the latest journals, you're researching history of all these kinds of things you're doing, <laughs> and you're up to date. So I was like, it would be cool to be a clinician. That is, I can go and practice dentistry two days a week, mm -hmm. teach three days a week, and then two days I can be with my family. It's <laughs> like, this is ideal. Yeah. So I'd not always given, I was like, either I'll practice, just have my own mini practice, or I'll just work for someone. But it wasn't like I'll end up in uh, dentistry as a business. Yeah. I had tried other businesses. At that very same time, my cousins and I had started a, 
an events business. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Steve, what? Events business. I, I'm trying to see you in an events business. <laughs> How did that go? Did it last long? Well, it lasted six years. Wow. And it, it actually helped. lasted. <laughs> it, it helps us find out that we are not passionate about it. <laughs> it took you six years. Yes. And you know, what I'm loving about your story is that I think it is helping someone out there who thinks that uh, you have to, you know, know that you want it. Like when we talked, last week when we hosted Chris and he's talking about by the time he was, I don't know how many years, like a teenager, he knew he was going to be in business. And some people think that that's how you have to be to get into business. But is that you tried your hand at different things, you got employed, you tried this out, you tried the other out, and now here you are, we are now talking about Code Clinic. Now tell us about Code Clinic, the beginnings. Um, what problems are you solving? One of, the, one of the reputations you have out there, I don't know if you know it, people have even been sending me messages. They talk about their children that when they bring their children to court clinic, I brought my daughter, I remember, I was sort of like, it's like we had gone to an ice cream parlor. I mean, you go to a, now, do you know what has happened? My daughter who came to your dentistry wants to come, she wants to keep coming. It's a problem actually now, because she's like, I mean, my tooth, can I go and, and go to Uncle Steven? I'm like, no, your, your teeth are fine. Kids usually don't, when you, t you, you punish them by saying, if you, I'll take, take you to, to the dentist. dentist so that they are scared, like that's a punishment. But when it comes to the children coming to you, they actually look forward to coming to Code Clinic, the way they are treated, the pain management is so good. How did, now tell us about the beginnings, okay? So here is a young man, he has sold his, his cow to take a course and now he has started. <laughs> Do you have a cow to sell? And he has started Code Clinic. Tell us about the beginnings and your journey uh, sort of, 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 of starting, the starting journey. How, how was that? So, <clears throat> the code clinic journey is a very interesting one. Mm -hmm. It's full of drama. <laughs> we like drama. <laughs> <laughs> and adventure. So, first of all, at code clinic, uh, you know, we, we are general dental practice and we treat everyone mm. almost. But um, we see that our, our practice is mainly. 30 to 40 year olds, our peers. Wow. And followed by their children. Their children, yes. naturally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then these, our peers also bring in their grandparents, their parents, their house helps, mm. their, everyone who they, they are in their charge networks. of taking care of. Mm. Yeah. So we find that they have told us that, uh, honestly, we didn't know that we are good at, you know, making kids feel at home. <laughs> But it gives us, uh, it boosts our confidence to continue practicing. And like, yeah, we, some people are happy that we've solved their problem, that uh, their children actually do want, we've changed the perception of dentistry. Yes. Because everyone says, dentists, pain. People meet me and tell me, dentists, I hate you. I'm like, why do you hate me? I don't know you. <laughs> Just <laughs> like, all you guys your pain. I'm like, okay, I'll make sure I change your, your, your perception when mm. you come to my place. So. One of my goals, starting, was to change people's perception about dentistry. So we have a menu of options for if you're sick, you might get the very worst of things, or you could get all the nice options where you keep coming back. Uh -huh. Yeah, so we like to encourage people to take the options that will make them keep coming back. Mm. And that's the things that are painless or a little painful, just a little. And you give them options. Yeah, we give them <laughs> options, and then we encourage them to do preventive care. Mm. 
So starting, mm -hmm. I just went and told my boss, I'm resigning in a month's time. I'm going to start board <laughs> clinic. This is my notice. I'm going. Uh -huh. He was shocked. But I said, go. Yeah. And I had got a place. I paid six months rent. Mm -hmm. That was $6,000. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's man and dollars, eh? <laughs> uh -huh. And for four months, I was not working because uh, I had to... No, 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 wait. <laughs> you paid six, six months rate of $6,000 for the first four, four months, months of those six months. I was not working. What were you doing? I was uh, remodeling the space. Oh, good. I'm a, you're about to hear some very... When we say the drama, you're <laughs> yes. not ready. <laughs> You were remodeling on your rent. $4,000 yes. is going while you're adding more money to remodel. Yes. And some of my equipment was delayed. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> so, wow. I was supposed to start in July. I started in November. <laughs> no, Somewhere no, no, there. no, 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 no. And people are calling me saying, Dr. Steve, I want to see you. I'm like, guys, I'm not, I'm not able to. They're like, but you, where should we go? So I'd be like, you know what? Let me call this other dentist. You can go see them. But at the moment, I'm trying to make this space look like. So wait, when you resigned in and gave a month's notice, what was the plan? The plan was I knew my equipment will be there very soon, uh, within a month. I'll have started, but uh, that wasn't <laughs> the case. That was just lack of planning and <laughs> you don't say saying <laughs> I'll just I know it, I'll have it done but because I assume because I'm a good dentist people have told me how I take good care of them I thought I knew the other things oh. I had been slowly recruiting people to come with me and all that but I thought everything would take place in a month and I'll be up and running but four months of lost rent I started in November actually the end of November 25th November oh my and, goodness uh, people came and it was fantastic <laughs> It was good to see that I was busy. December was even busier. Uh -huh. January was busiest. Then February gave uh -huh. me a reality check. <laughs> what happened in February? <laughs> <laughs> All these uh, my networks ran out. Who oh, oh, needed dental yes, care at that time? Yes. So I had also assumed that because I was seeing people at the previous practice, they would automatically follow, follow me. Follow you. Hmm. Little did I know that what dictated there. Uh, where they went was their insurance. Oh! <laughs> so they stayed back all yeah. the 300. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there is even a movie. <laughs> so February, March, April, everything came to like a halt. Because, I mean, these people had come in December, January. They couldn't just keep coming back. <laughs> of course, their teeth are fine. Yeah. So now, I had to get out and start finding a way to make my place busy again. I had employees. I fell three months behind in paying their salaries. Mm -hmm. I had to pay another six months rent of $6,000. You people. But wait, where are you getting this money, Steve? <laughs> because you're not working? You're, where is this money coming from? The networks so, have shut down. Uh, how many people are you employing at this point? At that point, we are just three people. You're three people? Yes. So these are three people depending on, you know, the livelihood is here. Yes. But you keep throwing around these dollars, $6,000, $4,000, $6,000. Where are you getting money from? So one, I was still working with the university as a, 
a teaching and, assistant, mm. so I had a job. And but we also, know it doesn't pay that well, please. Pay. We so know. I got a, a salary loan oh, Lord. For, to pay the next $6,000. <laughs> yes. And from the university, a salary yeah, loan from the university, university. to pay here at the yes. dentistry. Also, I had approached friends and relatives. <laughs> I said, give me money, I'm going to start. Guys, I'll this pay is you back. what you should not do. <laughs> I'll pay you back in no time. Yeah. Because I've made my calculations. Everything will be fine. I'll pay you in no time. Eh? And, of course, I couldn't pay back in time. <laughs> At the same time, the thing is, I really had good networks. Just <laughs> Clearly. Going back. I was a very privileged child at the mm. university. So I had a car from year one, and it's really brought me so many friends. The car brought you many, many friends? friends. <laughs> but among my very close friends, they were always saying, Steve, how can we help? Because you're not ever helping us. How can we help you? I said, guys, relax. Maybe one day I'll need help. How come? So, and I really hated going to ask for help. Of course. But this time I had to humble myself and go and get saved. I tell them, guys, I am stuck. I thought this business would go forward. It is just not going forward. So lend me money. So I heaped up lots of debt. Yeah, and that's where we, I, I want, and I want us to go there. the stress that came with it was crazy. <laughs> you know, Steve, when you say you heaped up, first of all, one of, I think one of your strengths is networking, is what I've noticed about, even in your story, lots of networking, even to date. You, yes. you are a very incredible networker in terms of business. And, and, and I think that's something that you, you, we can learn even today when we're thinking about, you know, rebuilding business. Networks are so important because when you need, be it knowledge, be it contacts, be it uh, finances, cont uh, networks are very, very critical. But now yes. when you say you heaped up debt, people might be thinking, oh, maybe, you know, he was in debt of like 50, 40 million, 30, 20. I need you to put the figure out there. To what extent, at which, what was the highest debt that you, that you hit as Stephen Mugabe? At one point, yeah. when I calculated, uh, I had reached, this time I'll put it in shillings. Yes, we need it in shillings, please. 250 million Uganda shillings. <laughs> and what was Ooh. killing me was rent. Of course, because you're, you're financing a thing that yeah. is not... So at one point, I had to go to Mr. Charles Ochichi of Enterprise Uganda because I'd attended an entrepreneurship course. I said, I want to consult you. Please help me. I am dying of debt. I don't have clients. I've spent a lot of money on making this place look nice. What do I do? Even him, he looked at that like, debt. you have a nice place, but you must move. Exactly. But he was also <laughs> torn between moving. I said, but you invested a lot of money. Mm -mm. How can we help you? It's like your parents can't help you anymore. They paid school fees. Yeah. They have contributed all these things. <laughs> they gave you even you cows <laughs> where it is. <laughs> you need to do something. So, but I've always known that people do business with people they trust and yes, know. Yes, yes. So I will go out there and network. Not intentionally, but I just liked being in different groups doing different things. So one of the places at first then was Rotary. So I was in Rotary, and most of my clients used to come from Rotary. Yeah. Uh -huh. So you'd be doing projects in, uh, let's say, Dr. Tusu's village. Yeah. And you're there the whole day pulling out teeth, and someone is saying, can I help? 
hold this patient for you. And then the next day, be like, oh, you're a dentist. So during the week, they will come to you because they were working with you at a project where they saw you. So for me, it's always gave me visibility. Mm. Then I joined, at the same time, I was in Worship Harvest Ministries. And... <laughs> Networks. I, I said I have to attend every event that is there. Mm. Not to sell myself, but just to get to know people so that they know me. Because people do business with people they know it's and true. trust. Yeah. And so I started getting people who go to church with me at Worship Harvest Ministries. At the same time, I had a client who came to me. Uh, she was very well known to me and said, there's something called DNI starting in Kampala. Mm. You need to be part of it. She didn't know how it works because she was introducing it, but she said, just come. We shall find out how it works. I said to me, people know, do business with people they know and, and trust. trust. Let me go out there. And so BNI now is five years old in Kampala. Yeah. And it's such an awesome networking, networking space that involves you having to wake up early to go there, which is something people <laughs> don't like. What time are the meetings? 6.30 Six, yeah. a.m. Mm. So I said I'll do it because I have no options. <laughs> I am dying under debt. I can pray in tongues Stephen and Mugabe. still be stressed. So. He was praying in tongues and still be stressed. <laughs> so I will go and do whatever I have to do because I know I must do something to increase my visibility. The yes. insurance companies were taking me in circles, telling me, hey, young man, you're... You're in business. So first establish yourself, then we shall then we look for you. we can trust you. Can you imagine? Yeah. Um, if you needed a loan from the bank, the bank said, do you have assets? <laughs> you have land. <laughs> if you want a, a loan of 100 million, you had better have a house of 200 million. <laughs> so there were a no-go area. Um, and you are a young man. You're still a young man. So you are a younger man. Yeah. And more drama. I huh. decided to get married. In the <laughs> <laughs> you decided to marry someone's daughter yes. in the middle of people. You inherit things. <laughs> Daphne inherited this two fifty million. Know what she was going she didn't into. know, <laughs> but because you are such a happy man. Yes. So two fifty million. My question is, how did you dig yourself out of this debt? You know, because of uh, the growing networks. Yeah. Uh, people. One thing is, I decided if I'm giving a service, I'll give my very best so that someone can tell their friends and mm. family. Because that's the only channel I saw as the best way to grow. Mm. I didn't have billboards out there saying, this is called <laughs> clinic. It was just that. So people started sending people. Mm. Our happy, satisfied clients yes. started sending others. And it just started you know, going up like that. And that's how we started paying off some of these debts. But also, I learned to go and negotiate with people who had given me loans. <laughs> the because people you who, couldn't always keep hiding owed. from them. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go and say, give me more time. I am doing so bad. Uh, I'll pay at this point. And then I renegotiated all my loans to where I couldn't pay interest. Mm. Yeah, Because ones which were taking interest were killing the business. Because it was growing. The at one point, mm. I paid 40 million in a year of interest. No. <laughs> you people. You people. <laughs> and he's here smiling. People, meanwhile, please send your questions on Facebook and YouTube. We will be answering them in the next few minutes. Send yeah. them through, send them through, send them through. Ask, I, I know people are laughing. People are just in shock. You're loving this story, but I hope that you're seeing. We are talking about rebuilding because some of you are in this spot right now and you're about to give up on business. 
you're in, it happened in COVID. You found yourself in a space that maybe you had a clear plan. You had paid six months rate, $6,000, and they closed the premises. <laughs> and so you're in a place where this is real for you. This is real for you. So we ask the questions, ask the questions. We would love to answer them as we go forward. Please go ahead, Steve. Tell us how so, you started to... 40 yeah. something million of interest, not of the interest, real loan, yeah. in a year. That could buy you land in Shizuku Yeah, or, or at wherever. some point, yeah. yes. <laughs> so, the other thing is I decided to educate myself. Whatever opportunity came, I said, I don't know this and this, I'll learn it. Uh, there was... Uh, Pastor Mose had started some uh, masterminds. Mm. I remember one of the masterminds I attended was the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. Yes. And I discovered that, and also 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Mm. I discovered that I was not a good leader. I had to face the facts. Because <laughs> I needed a team. I needed to support the team so that we can produce better. Mm. Uh, I could not keep a, a, a staff member for more than six months. That's no, that's very that's feedback. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to face that fact. So going through the mastermind helped me envision the future, what I want to do, and I said I'm going to change because uh, I've learned this. I'll implement it. So things changed because now I could keep people for more than six months. Yeah. And since I attended the Harvest Institute, I've not had to make people stay longer. They stay. Yeah, they stay because I've, I'm in touch with them. I'm a better leader. Mm. I'm growing, so they are growing. Mm. At the same time, I decided to do a mini MBA with Synapse. Wow, you really invested in yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and I, there, I almost cried because I saw all the mistakes I made at the beginning that I could have avoided. Mm. And I just started singing Synapse for everyone. Yeah, you I'm up like, to now. Please, Go, go and save yourself the trouble <laughs> of, of not knowing how to price, how to, who's your customer. Not everyone is your customer. Mm. Uh, how to manage HR, how to manage finances, how to budget, how to... Doing all those things help me uh, start coming up. Let me tell you, when trouble comes, it's, it's like more trouble comes. <laughs> At that point, when I was in a 250 million debt, debt mm. you are a <laughs> I'm about to run away from here. <laughs> with, a, with a bill of 40 million. And said, hey, you haven't been, you haven't been filing returns. I said, what do you mean? Me, in my incompetence, I thought that you only file returns when you make a profit. <laughs> so you can see how I didn't know anything, yet I thought I knew things. Wow. So again, one of my clients was seated in my chair, I told her about my problem. She said, that's easy, we shall solve that. Don't worry, she's a tax lawyer. And she helped me object to all the things they were saying and I had to go and interface with URA people, take my files, show that I had this rent, I was paying these debts. <laughs> and those things were sorted out. <laughs> and I started filing my returns there. Yes. Because I was so ignorant and very confident in my ignorance of I am doing business. In dental school, they do not teach you. They do not teach you anything to do with business. Business, that's true. Yeah. So much as I'd done some little business, I thought I knew things. So I had to humble myself and start learning all these things. And slowly, we've got out of all this stuff. Yeah. And we've grown. Now we are seven people. Yeah, the team has grown. grown. Mm. 
and we are growing. We have also two, three specialists that come only when they are needed. You used to be the only specialist. I used to be the only dentist. <laughs> I used to be the cleaner, the receptionist. But that was not a everything. business, you people. <laughs> it was a job. You, yeah, you owned a job. <laughs> job yes. So, but it has grown. And one thing I really uh, also have been doing is I know that if I keep doing the same thing, I'll keep getting the, the same, same results. results. So I get out and do different things. Last year, I decided to start doing Facebook Lives. Yes, right? I remember. Because yeah, yeah. I was like, I have to overcome a fear of being on camera. And I had a, a Jamaican dentist who was coaching me. Wow. Uh, she said, you have to get out and do this. So of course, it comes with, you have to pay the coach. She said, pay I'll teach you how to do this. So she gave me scripts on how to do this. Wow. So I decided to run a campaign to make people happy on our Facebook page. And that gave me a lot of visibility. Mm. And that helped us grow. Wow. Because like your OBs will see you and say, oh, my child has a problem. Let me go and see Dr. Steven. Yes. We went to school together. Yes. So it was giving me lots of visibility. And it gave me different results. So this year, what I decided, in just when the lockdown was lifted, in June, I have two dentists working with me. I said, you guys have to be as busy as me. Mm. So I'm going, you're the ones going to do the Facebook lives and teach people so and all good. this. And they're also getting so busy. Mm. So I'll keep doing different things so that I can keep getting different, different results. results. Yes. So now let's talk numbers. You're employing seven people. How, how about financially? What, one of the things I know is that in this season of COVID, while people have been saying, you know, business has reduced, your business has actually grown. Yes. You even increased your working hours. That's true. Um, so can you give us some numbers? I mean, this is business garage. <laughs> Where, what, what does it look like now annually? What are, what, what's going on in your business in terms of uh, turnover? Okay. Mm. So when we started the first year in 2013, we managed to make $25,000. <laughs> That's around 63 million in revenue. And by, by the exchange rate then. Yes. Yeah. Now, last year, our revenues were around 420 million Uganda shillings. That uh, is growth. Yes. We currently see around 170 patients a month. <laughs> so we are, this year wow. we are going to see around 2,000 people. Uh, before, we could see just around five patients in a week or one. <laughs> and you are paying $1,000. Yes. Oh, one a day, one a day, five days a week. Yes. So, so wow. Steve, Steve, I want to see, guys, meanwhile, questions. Am I the one who's not, there are some questions here. Dr. Steve, your attitude, it is true, because I've known you through these years, no one would know that you had 250 million in debt. Please tell us something about keeping a super positive attitude even in the midst of 250 million debt and all those problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if you don't know God, then you're toast. Let me have such <laughs> You can say that again. <laughs> <laughs> because one, when, one of the things I knew is when I started that God had given me this idea to start. Mm. I had so many confirmations from people, like would be at a new dawn camp and someone comes to me and says, God is saying, hang in there, you're going to do this. Wow. I'd be like, yeah, thank you, Lord. So I'm going to stay there. Mm. So for a long time, <laughs> for a long time, uh, 
I pray in tongues almost every time. You do. Almost. If I'm treating someone, I can be muttering under my breath. So that always brought peace about situations that were bothering me. But the thing is, God used to speak to me a lot. Yeah. A lot through people. Um, there's, uh, I, I come across so many scriptures that do help me. Mm. I read a lot. You do. So I read a lot about business and Christianity and kingdom business. So I would come across people's examples which were worse than mine. <laughs> I'd be like, wow, yeah. I, I'm not doing so bad after all. Mm. This will come to pass. I knew quitting wasn't an option. So I said I'll do everything possible to make this continue. If, if I am stressed at work, how, what will happen to my employees will also be... They will be stressed. Even the treatment I give will be so bad. Yes. Yeah, so my key is really praying in tongues. Yep. As in, it brings peace, a lot of peace. <laughs> and then other people's testimonies mm. helped a lot. Mm -hmm. So I read this book about someone called Demos Shakarian. Mm -hmm. He came from the Albanian genocide to the U.S., the Shakarians and the Kardashians mm. are all Albanians. Mm. So, so he had come and he had a, a, a herd of 2,000 cattle. And in the whole state, they got TB. <laughs> so they were going to kill all the cattle. And the man prayed and got his pastor and they blessed the cows. And when they came back to inspect the cows, they had no TB. <laughs> so I said... <laughs> That's my testimony yeah, too. Yeah. This happens to me all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> I'm also going to get out of this. Yes. So I kept feeding on such stories so that I'm not thinking of all the bad things that yes. were on my plate. Yes. Another scripture that really works for me is from Isaiah 55, 5. Mm -hmm. And this one I got from Andrew Oma. Mm -hmm. It says, Surely you shall call a nation that you do not know, mm. and nations that do not know you shall come running to you. Yep. Because the Holy One of Israel has glorified you. Oh. I said, what? Amen. I would say, people from England, come. come. People from <laughs> wherever, come. come. You know, yesterday I was looking at how many people have come from those countries. I have over 30 nationalities that have been to <laughs> God Clinic. So, God is my source. God Indeed. is my confidence. And that's how I can stand up and say everything is all right because he says it's all right. Yes. yes. But, but Stephen, thank you so much because you have, I, I feel like you've helped many people know that you can recover. And the things that I have heard from you, one is the power of networking, personal growth of the leader. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, personal growth of the leader, growing your knowledge in business, not that passion is not enough. One of the books that Mose keeps telling us to read as business people is the e-myth, that yes. just because you are a, you studied dentistry and you love to do this and you like people doesn't mean you will make a great business person if you don't learn the business itself. Yeah. It's a book that I think every business person or upcoming business person, person should read. And then also God, the, the centrality of Jesus Christ, the power of having a relationship with God and, and actually using the word of God because I don't know, I mean, how long ago, just, just as we finish, was this crisis of debt? Because some people might think it was like seven years ago. How long ago was this? It's from 2012 up to around 2018. Yeah, I just yeah. know that even two years ago, I remember that this was still, you know, recovery. Yes. So I think for me, it's a story of 
progress. Let me see if there are some more questions. Ah, there's one more here. Alan Kaliesubula asks, how easy was it for you to be able to introduce membership schemes to the clients? People are asking lots of very specific questions to do with the dentistry. So, um, yeah. so one of our future is we are going to become competition for dental insurance. Yeah. So we introduced something called a membership plan that you pay for uh, this package. It entitles you to preventive care so that you don't have to come back for painful yes. procedures. And it's picking, you know, uh, it's picking up and people are subscribing. They pay up front and they get these benefits. So should you have a problem, you get like 20% discount. Mm. So our goal is to promote oral health and, and uh, prevent people from falling sick. So that's, we've been able to introduce it and people say that we want a family package and we tweak it and make that. And we see ourselves pushing so many families on that that we shall yes. be giving other dentists business. Yes, yes. I love and that. It, and it becomes an insurance company. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, instead of looking at the insurance thing, what you're doing actually is creating value at Code Clinic um, and, and then you're becoming the, the ones that people want to come to whether it's insurance or not. Yes. Man, this has been so powerful. This has been so powerful. Um, hearing the story of starting with confusion to having clarity to terrible decisions to great decisions and to recovery and in a season like this of rebuilding um, I hope that this has been a, a testimony of what can happen if you stick it out but also if you have Jesus in the middle of it all Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.